Hello, welcome to the Five Fitness Podcast with me, Paul. As always is the case nowadays, I'm by myself. But never mind. Today we're going to be talking about what I've learned over the years from losing um up to sort of 14, 15 kilos at a time, um, numerous times over and over again. And I think the between last year and this year, um, I've lost about 10 kilos between last January and this January, um, including the three kilos I've lost so far doing the takeaway challenge. So we'll probably have a bit of an update at the back end of this as well. Um, tell you how, how it's going. Um, hope everybody's still going on with the New Year's resolutions or even if it's not a resolution and just you get back into the gym, you're just doing doing your thing, making sure that you're training, being active, looking at your eating habits and what's not. So hope everybody's okay with that. And uh, for some reason, every time I start a podcast or start talking or anything like that, I just get into like, my mouth gets really, really dry. And it's just happened. So if you have to listen to me drink through this, that's just something you're going to have to deal with, unfortunately. Um, Because I've got a cup of tea and it's not exactly cool. So I'm giving going to start with the so five lessons I've learned from sort of losing the weight over the years. Um, so let's get into it. So number one is when you do more, you are limited. You almost back yourself into a corner when you, the more you do. And I've had a couple of clients who, or a couple of people come up to me and say that they feel like they should be doing more, even regardless of what progress they've made in that week, month, year, whatever. But they always tell me that they should be doing more. They tell me that they'll go to the gym three, four times, and but they still should be doing more. And these are people who have full-time jobs. They have um, kids, dogs, like people around them that they need, either need to look after or think about. And they can't be as selfish as someone who is uh, single, living with the parents, access to the gym at all times, part-time work, no work, whatever their circumstances might be. And they'll always tell me that they need to do more. But there is a cap on that. When you think about the three things that we can manipulate to increase energy expenditure, we've got the amount of steps you do, the amount of cardio you do, and the workouts you do as well. If, you, if you're currently doing 15,000 steps, you're doing three hours of cardio a week, and you're training three days a week. On top of that, that's what, six hours in the gym plus 15,000 steps? I mean, 15,000 steps is what? Uh, an hour and a half in itself, pretty much, if you're just going to go and do that walking. So you've got seven and a half hours of just pure exercise for you trying to lose weight. And the back off the back of that is, one, you're going to have to recover from all that. Two, you're going to have to like think about the will to do it after a while as well. And if something happens that you can't hit 15,000 steps, what are you going to do? I remember my first prep, I told my coach, I am going to hit 15,000 steps a day. He was like, well, I mean, if you can, great, but don't stress if you can't. And I think I lasted two days because I was already so tired. I was already so, like, just ruined from everything that I was trying to do on top of now an extra two, three, four, five thousand steps a day. 
it doesn't work. You almost back yourself into the corner that it's just not applicable because what happens when you miss two days on the bounce? Like, do you just revert back down to 10,000? Do you not go to the gym? What do, you, what do you do? What do you prioritize in that position? So you almost back yourself to the, into a corner. And bear in mind, like if you're dieting at this point, your calories are going to be low. So trying to expend as much energy as possible, like you're only causing yourself more issues because it's easier to restrict the food than it is to expend the energy. Because when your body's that low on energy, it'll do one of two things. It'll become ridiculously efficient at burning those calories so that in the future years down the line you're gonna screw yourself over in if you ever need in if you're ever in the position where you need to do it again and two your body's just gonna want to not do it it'll just start making you tired it'll start making you not want to move so you'll fidget less so you end up burning less calories anyway so the trade-off just isn't there and all of that manifests itself in you just not enjoying the process and that's why I always say to my clients, and I've said to everybody that's on ASC um, this month, or, or for the next eight weeks, the more you stress about it, the more you think about how much you have to do and how much you have, or how little you have to eat and all these foods and yada, 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 yada. The more you think about it, the harder everything becomes because you're so focused on it. You can't enjoy life around it. Whereas if I told you to be in a two 200 calorie deficit, track your food, go to the gym three, four times a week, whenever it's applicable, depending on your, like what you've got to do and don't stress if you miss it. In two years time, you'll have made significant progress. Whereas if every Monday, every January, every month, you're starting again over and over and over and over, then you're going to be in a position in two years time that's very similar to where you are now because you focus too hard on it. Okay. So that's number one. So doing more almost limits the capacity that you have. Then number two, which is very similar, is the law of diminished returns. So the longer you do something for and the more adept you become at it, the harder it is to, to see that progress. So the easiest way to do it is if you're going to lose weight, right at the start of losing weight, you're going to lose quite a lot of weight because there's going to be a loss in water, there's going to be the impact from like going from not being in a deficit to being in a deficit. And obviously at that point, that's the most fat you've got to lose. So it's easier to lose it. More motivation, easier to lose it. And you you change your dietary habits, you change your eating habits, you change everything. So all these things manifest themselves in a decreased weight. As you go through it, three, four, five months down the line, Progress is very, very slight because all these things aren't new to you. And now you've got less fat to lose. Your body's more efficient at burning calories. You're now building muscle, so you're not losing the weight as quickly. All right? Because you've lost weight, your deficits come down, so your maintenance calories and the calories you're eating are a lot closer, so the deficit's lower. Okay? This happens in a lot of other ways as well. So it can happen with food. So the more often you have a takeaway, the less palatable they are. I can vouch for that right now. So if you have a pizza every single week, you're not going to look forward to it as much because you had a pizza last week. Whereas if you have a pizza once every six months, you're going to feel like you're, um, you're going to feel more in tune with it and you're going to actually want to have it. You're going to feel like it tastes better because 
the ecstasy and the the dopamine that's been released when you when you're eating it is higher because you haven't released it last week. Okay, so when you think, "Oh, I want to lose six stone," you might lose three stone in three months, but that other three stone might take two years because you've got the law of diminished returns, and you've got all these learning processes that go on beyond it as well. But coming on to number three. If you do something that you don't enjoy, you'll only end up resenting it. And that comes from the second one, really, because the longer you do something that you hate, the harder it is, is to sort of continue with it. And if you're not seeing the progress and don't understand that it will slow down, you're going to hate it. The reason I hate cardio is because I was I had to do it four days a week for an hour all the way through prep. The reason that I hate like anything to do with competing at a bodybuilding competition is because I can't think of anything worse because I've been through it. It's fucking hard. Like, I've mad respect for whoever wants to do it, but it causes you disordered eating, all right? I'm not going to say other things do like slimming well, even though they do, but you're, you're screwed from day one because you've got this altered perception of what health is, all right? And you end up hating the stuff that you think that you should enjoy. So now I don't actually particularly enjoy training in certain ways. Like I, I can't be asked to wake up tomorrow and go to the gym. Go to the gym. Like that, in my head right now, it's like, so I have to use Jono so that I actually go to the gym. Because Jono will be like, "Oh, what time are we going?" I'm like, "Oh, I should really go there." And it's even worse at the minute because I train out my own gym, so I work in my gym and I train in my gym, so I don't even leave the four walls that I associate with work. So it becomes a little bit worse. But you end up resenting these things. Um, it's the same as like certain foods that I might have used in the past. So egg whites, I won't touch them. You've got no taste to them. I used to taste, I used to think they tasted amazing. I was like, oh, I can get the taste of eggs with like minimal calories coming out of it, all the protein, because most of the protein in eggs is in egg whites. Um, so what you'll find is eggs aren't a source of protein. Controversial opinion, but I mean, it's not an opinion, it's fact. Um, there's also fat that have protein in, but once you take the yolks out, obviously all the fat and all the health is pretty much in the yolk, and then you get all the protein to make. So I can't have egg whites because I associate them with prep and I associate them with how bad things tasted at that point. Because I tried eating them afterwards. PB Fit, the peanut butter powder. You used, used to think it was amazing. You used to spoon it into my mouth. And then I think I tried some leftover after prep and I almost threw up. It's actually making me... It's actually making me feel sick thinking about it now. Like, I'm going to come off this. I'm going to come out of this um, podcast with PTSD, Um, So I'm going to move on because, I mean, that could be anything. Like, you're, it's similar to sort of the disordered eating. You could have a disordered, distorted view towards training, exercise, and everything on top of that as well. So number four, like 99% of the time, weight is irrelevant. I've been absolutely shredded five or six times in my life. I walk around with abs all the time and nobody asks me how much I weigh because nobody cares. I weigh the same as my brother and we have different body compositions. I weigh the same as comes from my clients, different body compositions. They've got more muscle mass than I have. I've got less in certain areas. And I would say they look better than I do. It's got nothing to do with how how much I wear, or how much they wear, and 
people focus so much on the daily fluctuations, even though most of that comes from water. They almost, they almost do. So if people would lose weight and then you'd be like, oh, I've lost weight and I'm getting stronger and I'm feeling better and I'm sleeping better and I feel like so much better. I've got better routines and everything, habits, whatever. And then as soon as that weight goes up, it's like that connection to everything else is completely lost because you're just so, you've got like rose tinted glasses on that just stop you seeing anything that's positive. Opposite to rose tinted glasses, I guess. But you're like, oh, my weight's gone up. Oh, why has my weight gone up? Oh, I can't believe my weight's gone up. Oh, and then you don't see the fact that you're stronger, the fact that you're more stressed because you're training more. Work might have got a little bit harder. Um, you and your assignments might have got harder. Um, you're stressed about work, you're stressed about life, you're stressed about partners, health, whatever. All of these factors, in fact, influence the water that you retain. And if you change the water you train, you change the weight. All right. So you could still be getting stronger. You could still be getting leaner. You could have more muscle mass, have less fat, but your weight still stays the same and or go up. But people focus so much on it going up that they're completely oblivious to all the other benefits that have been happening. All right. And the easiest way that I can explain this is when you when you get to the a comp competitive leanness on stage, you spend, oh, I spent nine months when I competed dieting, maybe even longer, really. I started in January, I competed in November. It was hell. So I spent 10 months dieting and every single day it was track your food, think about your weight coming down, how lean am I? Everything was focused on how I looked and how, on what my weight was. And then for the last week, all you do is, is carb up. So you try to draw as much carbohydrates, as much water into your muscles as possible because it makes your muscles look bigger. All right. So if your muscles are bigger, they press on the skin. So you actually look leaner, you look fuller. Okay. So you look better on stage. That's the idea. That can go wrong. And unfortunately for me, it did go wrong. But I looked better up until a day before my competition, unfortunately, even though I was eating more and my weight was higher. But I knew that it was carbohydrates and water, not body fat. And I could visibly see that. Instead of me saying, oh, fuck, my weight's gone up. It's like, oh, my weight's gone up. So I'm, and I associated that with what we were trying to achieve. So if you understand why your weight fluctuates and why it goes up, you will understand that that isn't the be all and end all. And 99% of the time, doesn't matter. The only time it would ever matter is if you're going to compete in a weight-limited sport, boxing, MMA, whatever, uh, or you need to lose weight for an operation. They're the only two things I can, I can fathom in my head why your weight actually matters. Um, but it's what it's. Then number five, all the way through losing weight most of, and training in general, most of the benefits are not physical. You can look fucking amazing, all right? And typically, some very generalized statements incoming. And please do never quote me on these. Genuinely, most female bikini competitors have either been anorexic or bulimic or overweight the other way, okay? 
That's where most bikini competitors come from. The reason they became bikini athletes or became into bodybuilding is because they associated the training with the mental benefits of it. Do I agree that they went from one extreme to the other? No, because it's just a way for them to control their eating disorder or disorder eating or whatever you want to call it. And I'm not saying that every bikini athlete ever has them or any, any dieter has them, all right, because I am not in a position to say that, nor am I qualified to diagnose or treat those. However, from personal experience, I can guarantee you that it is a lot higher than everybody would assume. Even coming to myself, where I came out of all of my dieting experiences, up until about two years ago when I started doing it myself, with disorder eating to some extent. After my first photo shoot, when I lost 10 kilos in 10 weeks, which don't ever, don't ever do, I ate about 11,000 calories on that day. And that's just from what I can remember. All right, so, and I was very food focused and it was not a good time for me. But most of the benefits that you see from training, from dieting, from a healthy relationship with food, isn't, isn't physical. All right. Think about how good you feel after a training session. You're like, oh, that was really hard. That, but I'm really glad I got through it. I'm really proud of myself that I got through it. All right. You lose lose some weight when you've been struggling to. Oh, I'm really proud of myself because I stuck it. I've not quit. All right. You get you build a mental resilience. Like training itself lends itself to mental resilience because you have to train. Like training's hard. Like pushing yourself when there's nobody around you to push you. Like where's your accountability? It's on yourself. So you have to push yourself, all right? It is very, very difficult at times. <clears throat> and that's something I value very highly because if you can turn up and do it for yourself, then you've cracked it. If you, that's, that's the hardest part. Then it's just using the knowledge and, and putting everything together. And most people don't really, most people will actually struggle going to the gym and training once they're in it. Like most people might struggle in with going into stepping into, into the gym with like a social anxiety or gym anxiety or people watching me, yada, 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 all those things. And I'm not ever going to not validate those feelings of them. But if people can, in whatever way works for them, get past that, they'll, and they can translate that resilience into the nutrition, the diet, the lifestyle, the habits all these mental side of stuff that the physical stuff probably only attenuates, they'll see a lot of progress. And that's what, like, most of the focus I have on my clients isn't on the training because the training side of stuff is fucking easy. Because you just go and do it. You can do it and be shit at it, but you're going to improve. You can be weak as shit, but you will improve. All those things. Putting that into your nutrition, and seeing that consistency, you'll see huge gains, huge gains. But that was number five. So there's there's the five things, or five of the things that loosely I would say are quite important and good le good lessons for anybody that is actually going to sort of go along into sort of a dieting phase and and over the years come coming sort of lose weight. Then talking about losing weight. So my challenge this January 
is to eat a takeaway every single day. However, I've had a backlash for having a Subway salad, even though it's, that is, to me, a takeaway. And I really enjoy Subway salads. There's backlash. People have been like, I got two messages. And then I got six comments to my face from, from, from it saying, well, that's not a takeaway. I mean, it is because I went in, ordered it and took it away. But, oh yeah, but it's not greasy. So like takeaways don't have to be greasy. Arguably, I hope they aren't because I don't really like the grease. Anyway, I'm still I'm still rolling with it. It's not like I've gone to Costa and got like a bagel and used that as it. Um, so where we're at so far, we are in. So did today's the is it the fourteenth today for me? Yeah, fourteenth. So we're thirteenth. Um, thirteen days in because I didn't do the New Year's Day because, um, I didn't want to. Um, so we're thirteen days in. I weighed this morning at eighty three point five. So we are 3.4 kilos down, starting at 86.9. Um, I'm not feeling overly bad, I would say. I think the, the biggest issue I'm having is, um, like, I can tell my skin's a lot oily. I'm having, like, spots and stuff, which isn't ideal um, because it's not something I've ever really, like, struggled with. So, like... And I'm a picker, like I, I like to fidget, so I'll pick always pick them. Um then I can't say I feel 100 percent all the time. Like I don't feel great. Um I'm obviously having to put other things in place to make sure that I'm getting the nutrition that I want and, and need on a day-to-day basis because obviously takeaways are gonna provide me with that. So making sure that I'm taking the supplements that I always have done, always will do. And making sure I'm drinking loads of water so that like I'm not feeling like garbage day to day. Um, obviously still training. I'm I'm still I played rugby last week. Didn't play yesterday because I'm injured, but I don't feel as bad as I thought I would. The hardest part of this whole thing right now is actually eating them. Like I don't want to eat a takeaway tonight. Like I don't at all. Um, obviously the cost isn't exactly fun, but I don't want to eat a takeaway tonight, and I've got to go and eat a takeaway tonight. So. Finding what I want and finding, <laughs> finding something that might actually be appealing to me is, is difficult. But I'm having to change my habits on a day-to-day basis to accommodate what's going in. I'm also not tracking my food as well whilst doing this because I, I don't think I need to and I'm pretty sure that would probably trigger me anyway. But if you think most of the takeaways, I'm probably having about between 12 and 1,500 calories, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Um then I can cut me knowing that I can kind of work around it. So I would expect myself to probably lose another couple of kilos before the end of the month. Um, but I do not recommend this. Um, and then in my summary at the end of the month, I'll tell you exactly what I've been doing and I'll tell you exactly why I thought I'd be able to do this. And I don't recommend it for people. Um, so stay in tune for that. Have a great Monday. Um, have a great week. If you have any issues with anything, uh, give me a shout. One to one coaching is now open now that the ASC is fully into its fledgling beginning. And um, yeah, have a great week, and I'll um, I'll see you on the other side. Cheers, guys.